Real Black Consciousness Real Forum. Black Consciousness Real Black Forum. Consciousness Forum. If you want to talk about uh, guns, why is it that there's a gun shop on almost every corner in this community? Why? Tell you why. For the same reason that there's a liquor store on almost every corner in the black community. Why? They want us to kill ourselves. You go out to Beverly Hills, you don't see that shit. But they want us to kill ourselves. Yeah, the best way you can destroy a people, you take away their ability to reproduce themselves. Yeah. Who is it that's dying out here on these streets every night? Y'all, y'all, y'all. Jewish leaders in Los Angeles are saying that your statements and consequently Mayor Bradley's keeping quiet about your statements until after your speech proved to be divisive among two people who had been getting along rather well. Your reaction? Sir, the Jews and the blacks that get along rather well are those Jews and those blacks who have some mutual interests. There is no black-Jewish relationship on a mass level, Jew to black. That's a farce. And, and the kind of relationship that we have with Jews that I'm very interested in ending is that landlord-tenant relationship, is that we clean your house relationship, is that you are the manager, we are the talent, you are the movie producer, and we are just the actor. We want mutual respect and mutual benefit out of any relationship that we have with Jews or anyone else. Would you briefly explain the difference between uh, what is considered anti-Semitism and what is considered anti-Zionism? You know, I think your question should be properly posed to the Jews. For they are the ones that label me as anti-Semitic, but no one ever asked them to define the term. So don't ask me a black to define a Jewish made term, which is really a cloud and a camouflage that they put up every time some black person criticizes some aspect of Jewish misbehavior. I refuse to accept that title. I will criticize Jews or anyone else whom I believe is incorrect in whatever policy they have. And if the Jews want to throw up the smoke screen that I'm anti-Semitic, you that write and call me anti-Semitic, ask the Jews to define that term, then apply that term to what I say and what I do. Welcome to Real Black Content's Foreign Podcast. This is Big VJ checking in. Today's conversation, beloved, we're going to talk about our open enemy. We're going to talk about our open enemy in the world of entertainment. And we're just going to have a good conversation about those that we should do business with. And then we're going to talk about those that we should stay away when we are conducting business, right? So, you know, beloved, here on Real Black Contest Farm Podcast, you know, we have a theme. And then we have a model, right? As a village, we don't have to be the smartest or the brightest or the most knowledgeable, right? We don't really have to do that. All we really have to do is just listen to the voices of two people. One being our ancestors right listen to their words either through oral tradition 
or we can just easily pick up a book and see what they wrote and just read that right that's one number two is the second voice that we need to be paying a lot of attention to is our elders all we have to do beloved is just listen to the voice of the ancestors and our elders and everywhere that we want to go beloved i give you my word we can make that destination we can get there we can get where we want to go as a village with no problem and no problem at all right but you know beloved there is some voices that indeed come out of the village and uh, these are the voices that we cannot listen to right and those are the voices of house niggas bought niggas <laughs> and negro leaders that act as lawyers when we are telling our people to stay away from their open enemy right you know what i mean because uh <laughs> as the brother minister say you know we tell those three to stand down <laughs> Because again, beloved, they want to act as lawyers and attorneys for our open enemy, right? And on this platform, we described who is indeed our open enemy, beloved. Because we know it's the devil, right? But the devil, he has some help. So the sand nigga is also a part of of the trilogy of our open enemy and of course the small hat as well is in that three-headed monster that's going to give our village so many problems but again if we listen to the words of our ancestors and our elders we have already been warned concerning the behavior pattern and the activity of devils sand niggas and small hats but you know, on Real Black Contents Forum Podcast, beloved, out of those three, and we've been saying this for years, beloved, in our estimate, the greatest enemy that we have that is amongst us is the small hat. Because he, beloved, have demonstrated the ability to connect himself to our talent. He just, he got a knack for it. He does it. He's able to do it. That's his track record. He connects himself to our talent, right? And then when we point it out, when we call out the behavior of small hats, because their behavior, their behavior, beloved, is totally inappropriate when it's in, when it's concerning us. When we point this out, their first line of defense is the bald niggas, is the Negro leaders. And it's house niggas that they put as a buffer between us and them, right? Beloved, I can remember some few years back, right? I want to say 2016, we had a brother from the village, right? His name was Terry Cruz. He is a former NFL player turned actor. And 
he gave us a scenario. He talked about how he went to a Hollywood party. Again, this is 2016. And how he was sexually assaulted by a quote-unquote a high-level Hollywood executive, right? Now, we know, you know, from the village, we know when we hear that term, he's, he's talking about a small hat, right? Terry eventually named the executive who sexually assaulted him, and it's Adam Bennett, right? He's a small hat. And Adam was the head of the motion picture department at William Morris Endeavor, which is a talent agency, right? When Terry came out with that claim, the small hat community went silent. They didn't say anything. There was no Twitter posts. There was no Facebook posts. There was no Instagram post. Nothing. You didn't hear anything, you know, from the WME talent agency. There was like nothing. No conferences, no nothing, right? Who you did hear from, though, was Russell Simmons. 50 Cent, right? This nigga way in New York. We're talking about 50 Cent. This nigga got all these problems with his own household. He don't talk to his son and he way in New York, but he's going to address a situation that came out in California at a party and he's just... So they, they're, they're picking on Terry. They're joking on Terry for coming out and saying something. And then, of course, last but not least, you know, you can't have anything that's done that you can't have any issue between our people and small hats without D.L. Coonley coming out and, of course, taking the sides of the small hat. So he had some jokes for Terry as well. So that's kind of like how it normally works. When you see our people stand up and say something about them folks, you would never see those people's attorneys come out, their publicists come out, no nothing. Right? Whoever they got that works at their enterprise or their outfit you're not going to see whoever works in their customer relations department or nothing. It's going to be bought niggas and house niggas and goddamn Negro leaders that come out and defend them. That is what we typically see, beloved. But yo, our elders taught us different. Our ancestors taught us better. And when we get in a relationship with those folks, the scenario always plays out the same when it gets to the end even we seen when we talked about Terry Crews it was 50 Cent that had so much to say and then fast forward to today we see that the small hatch that he became so cozy with that he's always in business with because 50 he's when you start making films and you start to deal with the networks you're dealing with them and then all of a sudden we see his newfound friends is doing their best to steal his shows all of a sudden. He had a relationship with stars. The projects that he put on stars is the most successful and they are the most watched and viewed and but that's okay. Because you're dealing with the devils and small hats that this is what they do. They get next to you and they figure out a way how to steal what's yours, beloved. Now, 50 has been dropped from stars, but somehow it's interesting because the projects that he's created is still over there. And we all trying to figure out how this is going to work. So Big Mama say, if it don't come out in the wash. <laughs> Beloved, it's going to come out in the rinse and we'll be able to see what is what, right? But maybe all that is a different story for a different day. We have a brother 
His name is Nick Cannon, beloved, and our brother has been hospitalized um, because he he came down and he's been diagnosed with pneumonia, right? So the busy dad of 11 was doing a show in Small Hatch City, which is New York City. And immediately after he was doing a comedy show, right, uh, they had to admit our brother into the hospital. So listen, you know, um, we're sending our prayers uh, positive energy towards the direction of our brother Nick that he gets better, right? Because you know, um, he been having some like I want to say maybe the last past ten years, he's been dealing with some some health elements that been kind of bothering him. You know, he is our, uh, you know, Nick from the village. He is a lupus warrior, right? Because he's been fighting that disease, and then. I want to say 2012, our brother Nick was uh, dealing with kidney failure, right? So he's been dealing with some, he's been dealing with some hardships physically, right? So again, we're sending our prayers and our energy, positive energy towards our brother that he gets better, right? One would have to ask though, when you look at the body of work that Nick Cannon has been a part of, right? that he has been associated with you have to think to yourself damn brother you you're in your early 40s you've been in hollywood over 22 years you have 11 children brother how come you just can't sit down collect the checks be an executive and just raise your family I, we just it doesn't make sense to see these brothers make all this money we we continue to find them on the stage but you know on this platform that's what we say how it typically works when you see our people in the front more often than not you see them getting the real money in the back right so let's have a conversation. Let's talk about our brother Nick's career. Let's talk about his foundation. And um, before we get into all that, I want to salute our brother Nick because he could play the bang bang, shoot him up, stab him up. You know what I mean? He can play that role because he got the background for it. Our brother Nick grew up in San Diego, right? He come out of California. His big mama raised him in Lincoln Park housing projects, which is uh that is that's the blood gang. So it's he grew up in a real situation, but it, it's a testimony to big mama raising a brother, doing a great job, right? So not only did he make it out the projects, the brother got his education because a couple of years back he graduated from Howard University and he didn't get no bullshit degree the brother got a real degree but again we have to ask ourselves though the upbringing is great you got an education you got a good resume professionally right you you got a musical career you know what I'm saying you did a deal with Jive Records back in the day to be a rap artist and then again, beloved, you got a 22 year acting career and our brother Nick has been involved in a lot of successful projects from Men in Black 2 to 
Love Don't Cost a Thing to Drumline and Chirac and the Nick Cannon Show. And recently, we could see the brother on America's Got Talent and the Real Husbands of Hollywood and the Mad Singer. And beloved, if we talked about the projects that our brother Nick was involved in as a producer or an actor or a writer, we'll be here for a while because this is we're talking about 22 years out of everything that our brother though beloved has been associated with the most successful project in my estimate that he has been involved with is the wild and out series because the wild and out thing that it it came out in like 2005 it's damn they've been going on for 20 years and we know that nick invented wild and out he put up his own money to create it he financed everything he he did the paperwork and he owned Wildin' Out as a brand. That is beloved a billion dollar brand. But you know, again, beloved, like Big Mama taught us, right? Mama taught us if it doesn't come out in the wash, it's going to come out in the rinse, right? What do you mean when you say that, VJ? This is what I mean. Our brother Nick also had a podcast and the name of his podcast was called Cannon's Class, right? He had a guest onto the show. The name of the guest is our brother, Professor Griff. And when him and Griff came onto the show or Griff came onto the podcast, they had a good conversation and they began to talk about history. And Nick began to talk about our open enemy, right? And of course, we know we got three well we got three main enemies and that's the devil of course and the small hats and then sand niggas as well right during this conversation or this podcast griff was on that conversation beloved was deemed as anti-small hat so immediately viacom dropped our brother nick and the shows he was associated with they immediately dropped him as well right now at the time all of this was happening so fast right but our brother nick said well listen at least i got my baby at least i got my own project that i financed and i found it and i put it together myself at least i got wild and out because that show this is what our brother nick is saying that show belongs to me right and then after that, he read the fine print. And then Nick came out into the village and he said, and I quote, I created a billion dollar brand. And my ownership was swindled away from me. They, talking about the small hat community, have been mistreating and robbing our community for years and that's a unquote you know it's interesting beloved that all of our people that do business with those people it always ends the same it never changes beloved it always ends the same you think you are in ownership of something and then you look 
and you see no you don't they just been playing you you think that you're coming up because you're getting big checks there's six figures there's seven figures and then you really not paying attention as the talent have created a situation where you're damn near living check to check at a massive level because even though you got a million dollar check even though you're getting six figure checks your quality of life is is matching up with that you're breaking even because the way that you live with the jets and the mansions and the fancy cars it's all because you got to pay for that entourage beloved everything is just evening out so there's two types of checks there's an employee check and then there's an ownership check and again when you think you own something beloved if they're your partners they drew up your paperwork or you got a small head lawyer and an agent when you look at that fine print you don't you're not going to own shit we talked about that on this podcast already normally black entertainers you either gonna die with some money or you gonna die with your company and no money but very rarely as a black entertainer that do business with those folks you gonna die with your money and your company it just doesn't work that way they have been robbing our community our village for years so if you went back beloved to 2016 and 2017 and 2018 if you was to look up right if you was to look up the net worth of nick cannon at that time you're going to see either two numbers they're going to say he's worth 150 million dollars or it was going to say he's worth 200 million dollars and then of course he got griff on there and then he got the canon class the whole podcast and then after they dropped him they released a different net worth for nick cannon they said our brother is worth 20 million dollars you see the pattern see they did that with wale over there across the pond in britain they did that with kanye and now you can see every time they always want to show you this entertainer is a billionaire this entertainer is worth a billion and a half and he's black and they're worth in the minute y'all have some some issues with these folks all of a sudden they pull out a new oh he's just worth see it's the they running the same play beloved and then they also run this play this black entertainer is worth all of these millions of dollars but we are looking at our brothers and sometimes our sisters they're on the stage they're still performing i mean goddamn can't nobody be an executive and just sit in the back no they're gonna keep you on stage in this case nick had pneumonia in nyc listen the guy is he used to be worth 150 million dollars all of a sudden he's just worth 20 million dollars he used to have ownership in one of the biggest long-running brands do you know how many stars that nick have built off the wild and out brand all the young comics that we like they pass through this brand 
it was Nick that introduced them to us. See, in our generation, we had Def Jam. It was Def Jam. It, it was a. I know you guys know Def Jam as like it was a. We, you know, the record label they got the rappers and shit like that on there. But there was another part of Def Jam that it was a comedy section. Def Jam comedy, and this is where all of our talent came from out of the village through Def Jam comedy, and then they made it big. This generation, this is where the young people come from. They come from Nick Cannon's Wild and Out. But you know what's interesting about them both? Russell, that had Def Jam comedy, was the face. He didn't own it. Small hats owned it in the back. Nick thought that he owned Wild and Out. He thought it was his because he put the money together. He financed it. He created the whole thing. He, he didn't own it. Sherry Radstone, she owns it. Sherry owns it. And when Nick figured out, he said they swindled the goddamn show from me. He didn't even know. But you know, beloved, you got to look around. You're the talent. And the agent is a small hat. The lawyer is a small hat. The publicist is a small hat. And then the person that you're doing the deal with that owns the media company, they're small hats. You're just the talent. You're not going to own anything. That's the hustle. So if we listen to the words of our ancestors and our elders, they inform us constantly to stay away from these people. They, they always have informed us to do for self, to control the whole vertical from the beginning to the end. If not, this is why you're going to see a young man such as our brother Nick in his early 40s with all these health problems on stage to take care of those 11 babies because he only getting an employee check. He's not getting an employer check. In fact, they were so bold. We talking about Viacom. When they called him anti-Semitic, they fired him from his own show that he created. That is a big slap in the face, beloved. Can you imagine growing up in our time and Bill Cosby getting fired from the Cosby show? Can you imagine Oprah Winfrey getting fired from her own show? That mean it wasn't it wasn't yours. You know what I mean? They kind of like played Wendy Williams like that too. It was like, yeah, this is my show. This is this. like, no, it's not your show. You in business with us. This is how it works. So they're going to do their best, beloved, to keep you on stage. It's the setup. Now, I know, beloved, what a lot of you guys is thinking now. You're like, well, wait a minute, VJ. Nick owns Incredible Entertainment. That is his company. He owns Incredible Entertainment. It belongs to him and blah, blah, blah. And I'm saying, brother, sister, I, I don't know if you know this or not, but Nick does own and he is the founding member of Incredible Entertainment. That is his company. But my question, beloved, is did you see his partner? Did you see Mike in the back? Didn't see Mike in the back, did you? 
Michael Goldman, who is a small hat, is the partner of Incredible Entertainment that plays the back. And what do we say, beloved, on Real Black Continents Forum Podcast? That's the hustle. You are the talent. You out in the front. They in the back. That's how it works. Russell's in the front. <laughs> Leo in the back. Ice Cube in the front. Yeah, he got. We like that big three. If you like that big, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cube in the front. <laughs> Jeff is in the back. That's how they run it. They've been running that shit since goddamn. They had your goddamn folks out there. Out there in the, the Harlem Globe trying us, and they out there, yeah, curling them, yeah, they out, they out there in the front. <laughs> <laughs> they are masters of that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they got your black ass out there at the uh, showtime of the Apollo. Yeah, you gonna go to Harlem, you gonna go to Harlem and perform, and yeah, you gonna perform, you gonna get out in the front, you gonna get on the stage and perform. Guess who in the back, who own the building and everything else? Take a guess. <laughs> So the problem, beloved, with all these cases is that, see, none of these black performers apparently read or understood the real contract terms. In the small hat world in which these black goem artists operate, because that's the term I want our people to learn, goem, or as we say in the church house when we went with mama and them, mama and them don't say goin, mama and them say gentile. Right? That's the term they use, gentile. Non-small hat, right? Once these black goin artists, once they operate and they take a look at the ancient small hat holy book, which is called the Tomit, which supersedes all other contracts and agreements at that moment our people is going to get a good understanding so in one of our future podcasts we're going to talk about this beloved we're going to say it is good to pick up the book entitled hebrews to negroes it's good if you don't get the book and you get the movie entitled hebrews to negroes that's cool too but you know what's important beloved it's important that you get the Tobit. Because then you're going to figure out how you're supposed to move in their game and in their world. When we're in the village, I say it all the time. Hey, we are the original ones of the planet Earth. So I don't give a goddamn who you play in the village. I don't care if you play Indian, Aboriginal. I don't care if you play Muslim. I don't care if you play. You, as of the real Hebrew. as of the real small hat. You the real small hat. All right. We got you. Everything is kosher, brother. <laughs> yeah, I ain't mad at you, brother. Everything kosher. You are the original people of the planet Earth. You can play whatever role you want to play in the village because, beloved, you are the real native to all seven continents, so you can play what you want. When you leave the village, though, when you leave the village and you get out into the real world, you are in another space, beloved. You can't play the same space that you're playing in the village. It's a, You're going to operate in a different space. And you have to know what is your character in this new space outside of the village. And once you understand how they see you, now you're going to be ahead of the game. That's all, beloved. 
But until then, on Real Black Consonants Forum Podcast, we're going to always talk about the relationship that we want to see our village do away with. We're not interested in seeing our people join up with these people because every time they do, we are always going to be on the losing end of the stick. So once you get atonement and then you start to read that verse when it says, I'm going to make you the head and not the tail. You're going to understand when you are in a relationship with these folks business wise. When you go to that table, they are believing that they are the head, not you, them. The tail means you're going to get the tail end of the deal. That's you. This is why I don't care if you go through any and every single contract that you ever seen in the world of entertainment. There is no small hats coming out and saying, I got B on the deal from this black entertainment company. It just doesn't happen. But. When that testimony is the other way around, it's the same for over a hundred years and it's not going to change until we change. Peace and black power to you, family. Thank you guys so much for listening. We want our brother Nick to get better. Sherry stole your show. But beloved, you're brilliant. You're intelligent and you're black. You can you can do it again. Until next time, this is Real Black Content's Forum Podcast, man. I get it with you guys later. Peace. Real Black Consciousness Real Black Consciousness, Real black consciousness Forum. If you want to talk about uh, guns, why is it that there's a gun shop on almost every corner in this community? Why? Tell you why. For the same reason that there's a liquor store on almost every corner in the black community. Why? They want us to kill ourselves. You go out to Beverly Hills, you don't see that shit. But they want us to kill ourselves. Yeah, the best way you can destroy a people, you take away their ability to reproduce themselves. Who is it that's dying out here on these streets every night? Y'all, y'all, y'all.